There's something that the commandments do for us that it kind of hit me as I was preparing for tonight. There's something that the commandments do for us. And I think there's two things that we'll see at least one of the things in greater detail tonight and the other one I hope you always carry in the back of your minds. And the one main thing that it is, is the commandments always take us outside of us. And I mean that in two ways. They take us outside of us because they always direct our lives to somebody else. Whether that somebody else is in service and love of God or in service of love of other people. The commandments always take us outside of us, away from a, a me focus to an other focus, to a God focus to a neighbor focus. But the greater thing, and I hope this is in the back of your mind because it's not the central thing of the sermon, but it is the most important part of what we're doing here, what we always do here. The commandments always take us outside of ourselves for righteousness. We will never find righteousness of ourselves. That has to come to us from outside of ourselves. And, and that's the righteousness that's ours by Christ. It's the righteousness that, that we sang about in the hymn. It's the righteousness that he won for us by his life. It's the righteousness that's given to us by baptism. It's a, it's a righteousness that comes to us from outside of us. Sometimes we call it an alien righteousness, an other righteousness, because it's not ours that we've achieved, but it's ours because it's been given. And so I hope you carry those two things in mind, that every, the commandments take us outside of us for our, for, for our lives, but they take us outside of us also, directing us to where our righteousness comes from. Tonight, our specific meditation will be on the seventh commandment. I'll invite you to read it and recite it with me just to get this commandment in your head again. Uh, let's read it and recite it together. You shall not steal. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we do not take our neighbor's money or property or get it by dishonest dealing, but help him to improve and protect his property and means of income. Would you pray with me? Lord God, Heavenly Father, I pray be with us tonight, be with me tonight, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, that it all would be pleasing in your sight. God, you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was blessed growing up to get to know both of my grandpas. I'm thinking about this right now. I focused on one in my preparations, but the other one just hit me. I learned a lot from them about working with my hands. My, my grandpa Monti, my mom's, my mom's dad was a farmer, dairy farmer. And my favorite time, I don't know why my parents ever let me do this, but it was the best thing ever. I was about to go away to prep for the next summer, and they said, you know what, go spend the summer at grandpa's house. And it was the best summer ever. I, I, worked in the, I, worked in, I worked on the farm, and we spent more time fixing machines than we did using the machines. And I, I, I was in the haymow, and I was cleaning up after the cows. It was, we worked with our hands. We, we, we did this daily work. We were up too early and stayed up too late, just getting things done around the farm, getting hay in the haymow, all the things. That was my grandpa Monti's life. My, my grandpa Borman was a, my dad's dad was a civil engineer, and it was always fun growing up. We'd drive around the Twin Cities, St. Paul, and he'd say, I built that. I built that. You see that one over there, that courthouse? I built that. I got to go to the grade school that he helped build for, for the church and school. So at second grade through eighth grade, I, I went to school in a building that my grandpa built. Kind of a, kind of a fun thing. My grandpa said, I built that. See that brick? I put it there. 
I love spending time with my Grandpa Borman. Actually, both of my grandpas, but I think I spent more time with my Grandpa Borman than my Grandpa Monti. He, he, was, a, he was six foot six, skinny as a rail. Um, he was a civil engineer. He told me about the summer he spent with the CCCs, planting trees. Greatest summer ever. He grew six inches that summer, he said. He also, he, he taught me about straightening nails. Um, Maybe not the most efficient way to spend your time, but it was very frugal. His, his dad was a guy, guy who dug basements in Duluth. So if you built a house without a basement, his dad would build, dig, build and dig you a basement. And they'd straighten it. You know, if you know concrete nails, they'd straighten those nails. He also taught me about just picking up trash. My, my grandpa Borman would never walk by a piece of trash without picking it up. My, my grandpa was by no means an extremist when it came to keeping things clean and taking care of our planet, but he, de he definitely cared about taking care of this place that we inhabit. And as I think about both of my grandpas, and maybe you can do this about those who went before you, those who taught you in your life, my grandpas taught me, I think, reflecting on it now, they understood and were living out this command that God gave in the garden take care of the earth. And I'm not here to preach a green sermon, but I am here to say that God told us to, he, there, there's work that we're given to do, all of us, that, there's work that all of us are given to do to take care of what God has given to us. And I want to make that connection for you in the seventh commandment. Because if we really dig down and drill into the seventh commandment, what it, what it is and what's at the very heart of it, it it's this, that, that God has given us things and God has given other people things and possessions and property and income and all those things. He's given those things to us and then he wants us to do something with it. Adam and Eve, he gave the garden, he said, take care of it, do something with it. To all of us, God has given us things, property, possessions, and, he's, and he wants us to do something with those things. And so if this was a Sunday, I'd do this in three parts, but since it's a Wednesday, I'll only do two. So you can go have some tacos or something or soup after this. The two parts are this. I want to talk about the seventh commandment in two ways. One, where do we get that what we have? And two, what do we do with it? Where do we get it and what do we do with it? You can maybe imagine a part three if you want. Where do we get it? So think about this in the very beginning. In the beginning, this is my favorite way to start. In the beginning, God. Right? Go to the very beginning of everything. In the beginning, God. And what's the first, what are the first things that God does? He, he takes this earth and he forms and he fashions it. And then he takes this thing that he's formed and fashioned and he fills it with plants and trees and birds. And then the very last thing that God does is he creates Adam and Eve. And he says to them, here, this is all yours. Work it and do something with it. But how did they get it? I think the very order of things, when you think about creation, when you think about Genesis 1 and 2, how did they get it? It wasn't by their working. It wasn't by anything they had done. It was already there when they showed up on the scene. So if you want to begin to answer the question, how did we get it? How did Adam and Eve get what they had? It was grace. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and after everything was created, he created people and said, here, this is yours. Do something with it. It's grace. It's a gift. 
And so you can begin to think about this already, that how do we get what we have? Well, it's, it's a gift. It's the way our, our kids, how do they get what they have? It's a gift. When parents provide for their children, it's not because their kids deserve it. I don't know about your kids' parents, uh, but my kids don't. Should I say that out loud? My children, our children come into this world and they're terribly needy, terribly needy. And I don't know if they get less needy as they grow up. They just get needy in different ways, right? But what do we do for them day after day after day? We say, here's some food, eat it. And even if they don't like the food, we say, here, eat it. It's good for you. And we put clothes on their back and shoes on their feet and a roof over their head and a blanket on their bed. It's how do kids get what they have? It's it's a gift. How do we get what we have? It's, it's a gift from a father who loves us. A, a father who, who takes care of the flowers of the field and the birds of the air who are here today and tomorrow are gone. What, what does Jesus teach us in the Sermon on the Mount? Does not your heavenly father know that you need them? How do we get what we have? Well, it's, it's a gift. But now you have to peel that back just a little bit and, and, and start to think about, well, how does God give us the gift? He does it by wearing a mask. How do, how do parents, how does God provide for children? By parents who wear, who, whom God wears as a mask and says, here, kids, I will take care of you through your parents. And, and how does God take care of a husband or a wife through the spouse, right? It, it's God take care of us. So, so when somebody gives you a gift, it's actually God giving you a gift by wearing a mask. When God puts clothes in your, it's God who puts clothes on your back by wearing a mask. So how do we get what we have? Again, we're back to this beginning. It's by grace. It's God giving a gift. Well, well then, you, then you have to ask the question, well, what about my work? What about this thing I do where I punch in and punch out, where I, where I go through this 8 to 5 or 7 to 6, whatever your time frame happens to be? Or what about it, you're retired and you've, you've let your money work for you so that now you can retire and live off of what you've saved for over all the years? How does that play into it? Is it not still God working through a mask? Is it not God working in your hands and in your skills and in your strength and in your wisdom? See, even your work is God's working through your work to provide for you what you need. Remember what God told the Israelites when they entered the promised land? He said, don't forget don't start to say to yourselves, well, look what my hands did and look what I did with myself. Remember, it's, he almost, and I always think about it this way, it's, it's like God saying to his people, remember who brought you to the dance? I did this for you. See, from beginning, from the very beginning, God has been teaching us, how do you get what you have? It's, it's grace. How do you get the income that you have? How do you have the work that you have? How do you wear the clothes that you have? It's, it's a gift. So now how do we, what do we do with it? How do we use it? 
And I, I think this is probably where we get into the most trouble. When we think about the things that we have, if we think, if we think about the things that we have as if they're for us to make us happy, fat and happy, that's when we get all wrong. Because now what's happening? If, if the things that I have, if the things that I'm trying to accumulate, if I'm working so that I can enjoy something, if it becomes all about me, what's ha everything's turned on its head. Because there's a couple things that happen. One, I become very selfish. And two, I start to look at those things as if they were the giver of every good thing instead of seeing that he is the giver of every good thing. And so now, instead of looking to God as the giver, as the one who gives by grace, now I look to that, whatever that happens to be, as the good thing. You see how this commandment takes us outside of ourselves then, right? Because where does it direct us? How does God, what do we do with what God gives us? Well, there's three places we can use it. Could probably break this down more if it was a longer sermon. Take care of your family, right? God has given us the resources, the, the, the financial resources, the possessions, the property that he's given us so that we can take care of the people God's put in our lives. Right? Why do I go to work? Why do I hope for a paycheck? Because I have children at home and a wife at home who, want, who need me to take care of them. Right? I have a wife, you, husbands, you have a wife who needs you to take care of her. Wives, you have a husband who needs you to take care of him. You have family members whom God get, has put in your life so that you can take care of them. God has given you what he's given you to serve especially your family. Remember what Paul told Timothy. Take care, take, I'm just trying to paraphrase, but take care of your family especially. I just got to read it to you. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. <laughs> you see the heavy burden that God places on what he's given us that we would take care of our family. Right, so why has God given us what he's given us? To take care of our family and to support our church. Right? See, now we, we could get into a whole stewardship talk here. Because why, why has God given us the resources he's given us? So that we can be part of a ministry, part of a gospel ministry that's bigger than us. So that we can do together, we can do together what we could never do by ourselves. See, the offering that you put in the basket as you leave, that you put in the basket as it come by, that you submit online, that offering is part of all of us. Think about this. All of us putting a dollar into the plate, what does that do? Right? It keeps the lights on. It turns the heat on. It streams the internet. All the things that we do together, right? It, it, it helps pay for pastors and teachers. It helps do all the things that we decide to do together for the sake of our ministry for the sake of the gospel, right? So, so why, did God give it, why does God give us what he gives us? For family, for the church, and let's just say it this way, for, for others, for the other people around us. I don't know about you, but when you hear the story of the Good Samaritan, what commandment, I'll quiz you, what commandment do you think of first when you think of the Good Samaritan? 
Hmm. I almost always think of the fifth commandment because he's taking care of his neighbor's body, right? The, the other guys are not taking care of their neighbor's body. The good Samaritan's taking care of his neighbor's body. But now I want you to, I want you to think about this as well. The good Samaritan is using the resources that he has to take care of his neighbor. Remember what he did. He took out of his own pocket, out of his own satchel, the, the, the oils and the medicines and the salves and the, the wraps to take care of his neighbor. And then when he got to the hospital or the hotel, whatever it happened to be, when he got there, he said, he, he took out a bag of money and said, here, I hope this is enough. If you need more, I'll give more when I get back. He saw his neighbor and he took what was his. It hadn't been, bud I don't know if it was budgeted for that or not. Probably wasn't. But he said, I have something and my neighbor, na neighbor needs something and I want to do what I can to meet his need. See, we, we could kind of unpack this all the way. But do you see, begin, can you begin to see how all of this takes us outside of ourselves? God has given us what he's given us for others. And where do we find righteousness then? It's from him. See this, you can almost imagine in your mind's a double arrow. I'm, I'm going to come full circle. God has given us what he's given us so that we can serve other people. And God has done what he's done for us so that we might be righteous. God has given us the righteousness of his son so that we can give away what he's given us for whomever God places on our path. God help us, amen?